Chapter Forty One of the Eyes of the World by Harold Bell Wright. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Forty One, Marks of the Beast. When Mrs. Kane would have passed out of the studio, the woman with the disfigured face said, "Wait, Madame. I must speak to you." Aaron King recalled that strange scene at the depot the day of his arrival in Fairlands. "'I have nothing to say to you,' returned Mrs. Payne coldly. "'Stand aside, please.' But Conrad Lagrange quietly closed the door. "'I think, Mrs. Taine,' he remarked dryly, "'that you will be interested in what Miss Willard has to say.' "'Oh, very well,' returned the other, making the best of the situation. "'Evidently you heard what I just said to your protégé.' The novelist answered, "'We did. Accept my compliments, madam. You did it very nicely.' "'Thanks,' she retorted. "'I see you still play your role of protector. You might tell your charge whether or not I am mistaken as to the probable result of his, uh, artistic conscientiousness.' "'Mr. King knows that you are not. You have, indeed, put the situation rather mildly. It is a sad fact, but nevertheless, a fact that the noblest work is often forced to remain unrecognized and unknown to the world by the same methods that are used to exalt the unworthy.' you undoubtedly have the power of which you boast mrs taine but but what she said triumphantly you think i will hesitate to use my influence i know you will not use it in this case came the unexpected answer she laughed mockingly and why not what will prevent the one thing on earth that you fear madame answered conrad lagrange the eyes of the world aaron king listened amazed "'I don't think I understand,' said Mrs. Taine coldly. "'No, that is what Miss Willard proposes to explain,' returned the novelist. She turned haughtily toward the woman with the disfigured face. "'What can this poor creature say to anything I propose?' Myra Willard answered gently, sadly. "'Have you no kindness, no sympathy at all, madame? Is there nothing but cruel selfishness in your heart?' "'You are insolent,' retorted the other sharply say what you have to say and be brief myra willard drew close to the woman and looked long and searchingly into her face the other returned her gaze with contemptuous indifference i have been sorry for you said myra willard slowly i have not wished to speak but i know what you said to sibyl here in the studio and i overheard what you said to mr king a few minutes ago i cannot keep silent proceed said mrs taine shortly say what you have to say and be done with it myra willard obeyed mrs taine twenty-six years ago your guardian the father of james rutledge won the love of a young girl it does not matter who she was she was beautiful and innocent that was her misfortune beauty and innocence often bring pain and sorrow madame in a world where there are too many men like mr rutledge and his son the girl thought the man she did not know him by his real name her lover she thought that he became her husband a baby was born to the girl who believed herself a wife and the young mother was happy for a short time she was very happy then the awakening came the girl mother was holding her baby to her breast and singing as happy mothers do when a strange woman appeared in the open door of the room she was a beautiful woman richly dressed but her face was distorted with passion. The young mother did not understand. 
she did not know, then, that the woman was Mrs. Rutledge, the true wife of the father of her child. She knew that afterward. The woman in the doorway lifted her hand as though to throw something, and the mother instinctively bowed her head to shield her baby. Then something burned like fire struck her face and neck. She screamed in agony and fainted. The rest of the story does not matter, I think. The injured mother was taken to the hospital. When she recovered she learned that Mrs. Rutledge was dead, a suicide. Later Mr. Rutledge took the baby to raise as his ward, telling the world that the child was the daughter of a relative who had died at its birth. You must understand that when the disfigured mother of the baby came to know the truth, she believed that it would be better for the little one if the facts of its birth were never known. The wealthy Mr. Rutledge could give his ward every advantage of culture and social position. The child would grow to womanhood with no stain upon her name. Because she felt she owed her baby this, the only thing that she could give her, the mother consented and disappeared. Madame finished Myra Willard slowly. A little of the acid that burned that mother's face fell upon the shoulder of her illegitimate baby. God! exclaimed the artist. Throughout Myra Willard's story, Mrs. Taine stood like a woman of stone. At the end she gazed at the woman's disfigured face as though fascinated with horror, while her hands moved to finger the buttons of her dress. Unconscious of what she was doing, as though under some strange spell, without removing her gaze from Myra Willard's marred features, she opened the waist of her dress and bared to them her right shoulder. It was marked by a broad scar, like the scars that disfigured the face of her mother. Myra Willard started forward, impelled by the mother instinct. My baby, my poor, poor girl. The words broke the spell. Drawing back with an air of cold, unconquerable pride, the woman looked at Conrad Lagrange. And now, she said, as she swiftly rearranged her dress, perhaps you will be good enough to tell me why you have done this. Myra Willard turned away to sink into a chair, white and trembling. Aaron King stepped quickly to her side, and placing his hand gently on her shoulder, waited for the novelist to speak. "'Miss Willard told you this story because I asked her to,' said Conrad Lagrange. "'I asked her to tell you because it gives me the power to protect the two people who are dearer to me than all the world.' "'Still in role of your protector, I see,' sneered Mrs. Taine. "'Exactly, madam. It happens that I was a reporter on a certain newspaper when the incidents just related occurred. I wrote the story for the press. In fact, it was the story that gave me my start in yellow journalism, from which I graduated the novelist of your acquaintance. I know the newspaper game thoroughly, Mrs. Taine. I know the truth of this story that you have just heard. Permit me to say that I know how to write in the approved newspaper style and to add that my name ensures a wide hearing. Proceed to carry out your threats, and I promise you that I will give this attractive bit of news, in all its colorful details, to every newspaper in the land. Can't you see the headlines? Startling revelation? The secret of the beautiful Mrs. Taine's shoulders? Why a leader in the social world makes modesty or fad? The parentage of a social leader? Do you understand, madam? Use your influence 
to interfere with or to hinder Mr. King in his work, or fail to use your influence to contradict the lies you have already started about the character of Miss Andres, and I will use the influence of my pen and the prestige of my name to put you before the eyes of the world for what you are. For a moment the woman looked at him defiantly. Then, as she grasped the full significance of what he had said, she slowly bowed her head. Conrad Lagrange opened the door. As she went out, the woman with the disfigured face started forward, holding out her hands appealingly. Mrs. Taine did not look back, but went quickly toward the big automobile that was waiting in front of the house. End of chapter 41 Recording by Tom Weiss Tom's audiobooks.com